This episode of the only podcast about movies was recorded. You know what? At this point, you know the deal. The studio's not ready yet, and we're doing it in my living room. I wonder if anyone cares that we recorded a little differently. I mean, it might sound different. So if it does, <laughs> we're sorry, and we're working on it. But it should sound pretty good. We sound pretty good. Your cat is rubbing my leg the wrong way. Enjoy the show. up internet you're finally a daddy there's gonna be a big custody battle over this one my name is matthew kroll and good night stars good night air good night noises everywhere i'm shahir dowd okay <laughs> and this is i the- practiced that one a lot because oh, that, well, that book is a staple at my household it sounded wonderful it sounded like you've been practicing this is the only podcast about movies specifically the film this week life I want to thank you for picking this one because we had a choice. We did. We did have a choice. We and I did. Knew, and I knew, and, and I haven't been in the studio for a little while. That is true. And and I knew that you were like going, <laughs> let's ease him back into this. I wanted to. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want you to come back after like a two or three week hiatus and then be punished with Power Rangers. Like I just wanted to. Saban's Power Rangers. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Is that the actual title? It's actually on the title. It's Saban's Power Rangers. Well, I mean, Saban, I, to be fair, Saban and Power Rangers, like Mr. Saban or whatever the heck Synonymous. he took. He took a, uh, a super chance on that and made millions of dollars. So good on him. Um, I I mean, did you see the Power Rangers movie? Not yet. No. no. Friends I, have. Are, you, are you a Power Rangers fan? Uh, I was on the tail end of Power Rangers when it like actually like when that became the, the soup du jour for children. OK, uh, I, I watched the first season, I remember, yeah. and being like, this is OK. Right. Uh, I, I like what the, I like the idea of it and I like the cheese of it. Yeah. Uh, and I respect any property that's been around for like 18 seasons or something. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and the, and actually from a production standpoint, now that I'm producing television, the idea of taking a, a show from another country and because you don't see mouths when they're doing all the action, <laughs> you can redo the entire thing with voiceover and just yeah. shooting like two or three sets. It's like, it's actually a neat little loop that I enjoy. So here's a fun fact. You know, it was shot in New Zealand. A lot of the show was actually shot in New Zealand. Right. In Auckland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a period of my life when I was an actor, a very bad actor. Wait, what? I, I was an actor. What? Uh, How has this <laughs> never come up before? <laughs> and I'm a, because te- I, because I, I openly admit I'm a terrible actor. I was just doing it because I was young and I was trying to get into the film industry. And that was a, and that was like, <laughs> please well, tell me you have it a reel somewhere. I have headshots. Like, I can- <laughs> oh my God. Why have we not used your headshots for anything? I actually don't know where they are anymore. But, yeah, but, he but doesn't know. At one point I auditioned for Power Rangers and, and I think I was, I was auditioning as the black Power Ranger. Okay. And, and like, I never saw Power Rangers. I didn't know what it was. I had no idea what anything about Power Rangers was. And, and the, the casting director at some point noted that she was like, you have no idea what this is. Cause I was like doing lines as though like in the complete, like wrong, it was Hamlet. Yeah. I was doing the wrong cadence. You know, wow. like, I didn't know any of the terminology or how you say it. You can say it's morphing time real quick for me. It's morphing time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. You, know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the cast wow. director was like, 
you don't know what this is, do you? And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> that is 100% amazing. Could you imagine how different life would be right now if you were the Black Ranger? What was the Black... Was the Black Ranger the token black guy? Or? Uh, yeah, he was... I mean, that was just dumb because it was the 90s and whatever. But like... I remember the thing was, because I was a little uh, scrawny, scrawny back then. And like the thing was, is if I got the part, I was going to have... like they You were going to bulk up. They were going to put me on a regiment with a trainer or something like that to bulk up and, and get buff and I'd have to like learn some martial arts or something <laughs> like that. Well, uh, <laughs> life would have been very different. Uh, been different. But And speaking of different from Power Rangers, the film we're doing, Life yeah. is. Uh, that was smooth enough transition. I think maybe, but before no. No, no, it wasn't. It crap. wasn't good. I'm just so not used to you being here, Sure, You've been like an absentee brother. An absentee dad, perhaps? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like I was pretty responsible when you left me the keys of the car. Uh <laughs> But if you uh, if you if you want to see my audition reel for uh, for uh, Power Rangers, you'll never get it. But you could email us in and request it at onlymoviepodcast at gmail yes. Do the thing he said he'll never do if you do it. <laughs> I think it was a bit of segue. <laughs> or hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod. Uh, try us on our website onlymoviepodcast.com. We, you and I, have been on some other podcasts. Yes, we've last, been we've been doing the rounds. I know. We've been cheating on the only movie podcast for the last couple of weeks. Matt, can you tell us where you've been? Uh I have been on let's see, I've been on uh Chelsea White, a good friend of ours who was on our Keanu reviews. Uh she has a podcast called Cabernet and A, which is all about pretty little liars. Now she here, <laughs> I've never watched before this an episode of pretty little liars you should audition for it i should audition <laughs> for it and not know anything uh and just well be that's like, pretty much what the show is right the cabinet and a well kind of so they, they do specific episodes in the off season for people that have never seen the episode the show and then they pick a random episode and then they just let, like they start so i watched season five uh finale and okay. it was probably the most me episode possible it was basically like it was like uh, ABC Family or Di- or whatever Disney Channel, whatever it's on's version of Saw. Like okay. these girls were like trapped in like a mean fun house. Oh, okay. Uh, and it was it was really fun. Watches the show. I've 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 only ever side glanced the show. Yeah. No. Uh, so I did that with uh, Chelsea White and uh, her friend Where Kelly can you find Noonan. That podcast. You can find that on iTunes everywhere. They are, they are actually a pretty damn big podcast for that following. They yeah they they have actors they from have the actors show. from the show. It's it's a great time, and I I love doing stuff like that, talking about stuff that I don't know. And actually, fun facts <laughs> like it on this podcast. I, no, this is the only <laughs> podcast I know what I'm talking about. Uh, they I actually. Chelsea came over the other night and we watched, we tra- did a trade off. We did the first episode of Pretty Little Liars just for fun. And then the first episode of Buffy, which is leaving Netflix. By the time you're listening to this, all of Buffy is going to be gone. I never watched Buffy, but I, I had an English professor friend sure. at university who regarded Buffy as one of the, the pinnacles of television ever made. It, it 100% he, he, I think is. He'd written essays about it. It's as, it's essay worthy. I, the first episode, which it's so funny, you know, when you watch something that's dated, like stuff that you you've watched and you loved it when you were younger, and then you watch it again, maybe ten years later, and yeah. you're like, oh, this feels so bad and so dated. Yeah. Buffy just hit the twenty year mark, and now it's like it's almost gone from dated to carbon dated, where you don't look at it in disgust anymore. You look at it as like this time capsule, and it's so fucking cool. Okay. So uh, it's I've never had 
had that experience, but like, I remember watching it this time being like, wow, like this doesn't bother me at all. See, I've only seen the movie with Luke Perry and I can't remember who the, who played Buffy in that movie. I don't remember either, yeah, but, uh, but it doesn't matter because there's only one Buffy and it's Sarah Michelle Gellar. We're going off topic. What podcast did you go on? Well, I was on two podcasts recently. You can hear me on CJ Johnson's Movie Land podcast, which is an Australian uh, podcast hosted by ABC, Australian Broadcasting corporation i believe <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking about asgar fahadi's uh, the salesman uh the salesman cj johnson is the uh reviewer on abc uh he's a fan of the show he had to he thinks you he thinks you wear a trucker's cap in every episode he oh i should start doing that he, he just he just pitches you wearing a trucker's cap i guess i could see it do i really give off a trucker vibe I don't know. Or a hipster sort of like. He's Australian, so to. So to oh, so it's to like hip- a weird American yeah, uh, you know, like perception. You, yeah, exactly. I think, okay, I'll wear it. I'll do uh, it. We're hoping to ha- have CJ on the podcast sometime soon. Uh, he was a lot of fun. We also. CJ, if you buy me a trucker's hat from Australia, I will wear it. He could send you a movie land trucker's hat. I'll wear it. Yeah, I'll yeah. wear it. All the time. All the time when I sleep, okay. uh, especially when I'm on dates too. We uh, we also did like a little bonus round where we went through like uh, our top 10 Australian movies. Ah. Uh, so if you're an Australian listener and- uh, What you was know, your top? My top was Animal Kingdom. Okay. Uh, that yeah. was my favorite. But then we had some like pretty deep cuts and then uh, CJ schooled me on some movies I should check out. The, the main one that he mentioned and actually the next uh, podcast I was on also mentioned was The Snowtown Murders. They were both kind of like, this is the Australian film to watch, okay. which was directed by Justin Kurtzel, who directed your Assassin's Creed movie. Why is it my Assassin's Creed movie? Because it sure as hell ain't mine. It's not mine. <laughs> I didn't, it wasn't my turn to watch it. Uh, I was no. also, and then the other podcast I was on was a uh, friend of the show, Ivan Kander's Reviews ah, Podcast. Yeah. And we did a, he's doing like a special film school uh, episode every now and again. And oh, wait, uh, wait, you taught film school. I did, yeah. If you if you haven't known this already, uh, I once auditioned for Power Rangers and I taught film school. You have a <laughs> sordid past. Yeah, it goes deep. There's, uh, a, there's a lot of things I'm not proud of. <laughs> um, but we did, uh, we reviewed uh, Jean-Luc Godard's Breathless, uh, oh. de Souffle, which was uh, really fun to to get it, get back into. And, and you know, kind of getting into like, why is this film taught at every film school? Sure. This is the, the one. And it was a really interesting conversation. Side note to that, uh, uh, I was lucky at the time when that happened that Criterion had a sale on, 50% off all their Blu-rays. Did you go nuts? I did. I went nuts. I went crazy, bought a little too much stuff. But follow Criterion on Twitter if you can. They'll let you know when their sales are on. And they really, if you're into film school, that sort of thing, listening to the commentaries on Criterion Blu-rays or DVDs is is better than most film school experiences. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so let me ask you this. It does, how, do, how many num, how many Criterion films are there now? Like, do you know, because it's been slowly climbing? Oh, they've got a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, I would guesstimate they're close to the thousand. Okay, mark. good, 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 good. Um, but they're really well curated. All right. Um, so yeah, check out uh, Reviewed Podcast uh, and Movie Land Podcast. You can hear my dulcet tones. And Cabernet and A for yeah. all of your pretty little liars needs. It was funny. I was on that and I made a, a, a joke because Nolan North, the voice actor, okay. plays one of the fathers on the show. So the second I saw him, I was like, whoa, Nolan North. And the ladies were like, what? Like, you know him? I was like, yeah, he's like seminal in video game and like VO oh, work. Okay. He's Nathan Drake. He's oh. Booker DeWitt. He's uh, the ghost when they took Peter Dinklage out of Destiny. And Nathan Drake was the same actor. It's all like he does like fifty percent of all the stuff. Generic raspy white guy. Yeah, but I mean Nathan Drake's pretty pretty specific. But um, 
it was funny. So I made the joke on the podcast, like, yes. Yeah, so for all of the crossover of the Venn diagrams of like pretty little liars fans and hardcore gamers, like, you know, this there you go. The- this is for you. We got a tweet back. Oh, from right. someone who was literally packing to go to PAX. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, they're like, yeah, I'm packing and I'm listening to, so I'm like, they're like the Venn diagram exists. And right. I was like, that was amazing. So, Crossover episode. so, so uh, side, side night, side note Sorry. to your side note. Um, please tweet at us, write us in whenever something clicks in your brain that we say, or there's some sort of little like factor, like, or, or even coincidence. Every time those things come across our desks, like I am, I'm elated and it puts a smile on my face all day. Uh, so yeah, I just think that's super fun and reach out. Oh, last thing of business. And then we're going to talk about life. Shahir. We're going to oh, talk about I life. Gonna, I was going to mention some tweets, but go ahead. Okay. Oh, we can. Uh, I was going to say iTunes. Uh, please uh, leave us some reviews there. If you like what we're, if you like what we're selling for free, uh, <laughs> drop off some stars our way and we would really appreciate it. What tweets do you want to share? Oh, I just, uh, we had a couple of people tweeting in about our uh, getting good at uh, video games podcast. This yep. was great. Yep. Um, we talked a little bit about, uh, which you can see on Twitch. The VOD is still up. We got a request for international women's day. We're going to do the film Carol at some point. Uh, oh, um, Jake, uh, I've just, we've had a note that the devils is coming on. Uh, yes. An uncut version of the devils is coming online. Um, so yeah, there's just a bunch of things happening there, and a couple of, uh, couple of mentions of uh, people agreeing with you and not me on certain movies, uh, specifically the Marvel, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Where, where are my MCU fans at? Yeah. But moving on <laughs> to a non-Marvel Cinematic Universe space movie released in March. I could tie it in, though. <laughs> no, don't. Because did you hear the rumor? Well, actually, there is a, there's a direct tie-in. But... Was well, a Sony? No. Oh. This was written by the Deadpool guys. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. This was written by, um, this was written. Interesting. This was written by, um, uh, Reet Reese and Paul Wernick who wrote Deadpool. Holy shit. Okay. So it was kind of like Deadpool was like their big studio. And then they got these. to do the fun one. Yeah. Uh, or not the fun, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Uh, oh, you, you nailed it there in a Freudian slip. They got to do the movie they had they, to they do. They wanted to do, but, <laughs> I, but to be honest, Deadpool was a, was a, was uh, a fun film and, and a project of love. Like they fought for that thing for a long ass time. I'm not sure if they were the original writers when, oh, when I, I, I don't know. I don't know the, the other tie and the far more nerdy tie in that people were speculating because it was a Sony picture mm-hmm. was, is this, a hidden venom origin story right because the tra- the trailers a hundred percent could have done that and if they and I, I don't want like having seen this film i wouldn't have wanted that because this is excellent i really liked this movie okay um but if they'd done that how smart would that have been for them to like actually keep, start keeping characters for themselves and doing something interesting to have this be how venom came to earth right uh wasn't it's so kind of like the tin cloverfield lane yeah. approach to yeah it? i just think that would be it would be such a uh, just again, it would be another example and there's, you know, more examples of the bad and the good in this, but like of a really respectful way to do a cool comic book property. But again, I'm, I'm going to regret asking this. Sure. As soon as I say this, I'm regretting okay. asking this. All right. Venom's a symbiote, right? Yes. So this, uh, this is a bacteria. No, it's not life. technically a bacteria. It's a- this, it started as a single cell organism. Right. in this movie. But, but I mean, are we only going to get into the pseudoscience? <laughs> no, no, of, no, no, no. I mean, because I can't. If you want to talk right, about the science, Reed Richards right. has a lot of great <laughs> papers on the symbiote, especially when Spider Island happened. There was I'm a whole bunch of stuff. stopping you right there. Anyway, let's talk about life. Shahir, how are you? Yeah, no, what's life about? I mean, how's, what is how's, life? What's your life? I don't want to live in this world. You've, you've had big changes recently. I We're have. on a couch. I have. Um, we're you, thinking about things. You've you've been living a bachelor lifestyle. I'm my best life right now. I walk around 
around in my pajamas eating cereal. And at this point, I'm more cereal than man. So uh, <laughs> to, 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 just so you know why he's doing this, uh, Shahir's uh, wife and child are away. Are out of town right um, now. And you have been living Which like- sad, but at the same time, I- the, uh, the the ability to catch up on sleep sure. and, and, and go to movies not- A hundred percent. I get that. But also you've told me a little bit about your lifestyle. I've been to the apartment once or twice. Uh, you have no food. Yeah, I have no food in the apartment. Um, you, I have mainly cereal. You have, <laughs> you have the freshest cereal. I'm bulking up for my power. Okay. <laughs> I think that ship has sent. <laughs> um, but let's talk about, let's let's go into the, the Tell me what the life is about. I'm going to tell you what life is about. Get yeah. ready for this. Drop it knowledge. A team of scientists aboard the International Space Station discover a rapidly evolving life form that caused extinction on Mars and now threatens the crew and all life on Earth. Now, there's a there's one uh, subclause in that statement that I think is a little bit speculative. Oh, that it caused all extinction, extinction on, Mars? on Mars. I think that, that's that's highly speculative. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, they they mentioned that that's what could have happened yeah. in the movie, but that's not exactly like it didn't come with a resume. No, it was like it was <laughs> like, like oh, I see here. Okay, started single cell. Ooh, rapid growth. Oh, your your cells are all muscle, uh, muscle and- brain. And um and uh and cardiovascular yeah. and, uh and oh and oh I see here you've extinguished an entire planet wonderful right. yeah um you've devoured you've devoured a planet um this, this has a this has a fairly fairly impressive cast for yes uh, a summer release especially you know like uh what well, you've got uh, Golden Globe nominee Ryan Reynolds in there yep. Oscar nominee uh, Jake Gyllenhaal Rebecca Ferguson from Mission Impossible Five who's just blowing up all over the damn place these days. This is the first thing I've seen since. But she's been in a bunch of like smaller movies. I I, I could go to her IMDb and we could look it up. But the she 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 has been in a lot of stuff. And I know and I'm happy to because she uh, I like her in Mission Impossible. She really she was the the best part of Mission Impossible. Oh, I'm glad you Um, know. What do you mean? I'm glad you admit that now, because uh, Mission Impossible 5 is not a good movie, in my opinion. I mean, I liked it fine, but I knew what I was getting into. She was in Girl on a Train. Okay. She was in Flores Foster Jenkins. Uh, she's been in a couple. I mean, I, granted, not like crazy starring roles, but yeah. I just like seeing her around. I'm curious that Jake Gyllenhaal was in this. Yeah, Jake, that was such a weird call. Yeah, because he's, you know, like he's, I think he's, he's kind of on that Oscar train. Yeah. You know, like he's on that, like, uh, I'm going to do... The you know the big meaty right 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 leading right. man roles kind of thing you know like and I think it's it's been happening ever since Nightcrawler, um, but this was a Southpaw yeah. you know, demolition nocturnal animal. This was a like, subdued role for him playing the dude. He was an astronaut, so they're all astronauts and they're all on the space station, right? Um, and he played a dude that had broken the record for how long he'd been in space, and he was kind of going a little. He was getting depressed, or he wasn't depressed. That, I don't know what it was. That, not that that played. It a didn't big, play at all into it. Yeah. Uh, but he was up in space for like four hundred something days. All right, you spoiler for your review for your impressions of the movie right up front. You've kind of said it already, but like, hit me with what you thought. So, um, first of all, I love sci-fi, as everybody sort of knows, and I love a couple things about this world because I was trying to think of like, oh, I'd never seen a, a movie from this director before. Um, Daniel Espinosa. He directed a, a Ryan. Reynolds film called Safe House. Yeah, I didn't see Safe House. Yeah. But I heard it was Safe House okay? It was kind of that sort of okay B Denzel sure, Washington sure, sure, kind sure. of movie. Um so but what I really like is I love great sci-fi and I love sci-fi sort of set in a slightly future like with believable tech like it took place on the International Space Station. Like that's super yeah. cool. Um <clears throat> 
I thought it had, uh, for the most part, realistic characters in the sense that they were all scientists and very few of them were dummies. And a lot of these movies, uh, you know, and I, I hear I'm looking at you, Prometheus, and I know it could be the cut yeah. and it might be a better movie that was made and blah, blah, blah. And oh, those people weren't actually scientists who fucked everything up. They were like minors pretending to be scientists, hey, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Alien. Yeah. But in this film, all the characters motivations felt entirely real. And when they messed up with the exception of one thing I'll talk about when we go through the movie, mm-hmm. it felt very um, real and it felt very human mess ups. Not like I'm all of a sudden an idiot, even though I hold five PhDs. Right. And that's something in sci-fi I really respect. Uh, I thought the score and the sound design were nuts. I thought they were really, really fun. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. That's so. fine. I really, really, or maybe the, the, the speakers in my theater were wonderful, uh, but I really liked it. <laughs> I thought our it, reviews were theater speakers. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah. <laughs> so the Times Square 42nd street I saw rear speaker is really on it's point. It's really on point. Um, the, the thing I will say I, I kind of didn't like about it was there's two little twist moments, which we'll get to. And I felt like, I don't know if it was the editing or something, but they were handled very poorly. Okay. Uh, and we'll have to get into that in detail. And then, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I couldn't tell also, and I don't know if it matters if the movie was really smart or the writing was just really good to trick me into thinking the movie was smart. Okay. Like as far as science lingo and what they were talking about, like that sort of stuff, uh, dialogue was a bit clunky. And uh, I respect, this is the last thing I'll say about it before we get into it, I respect a surprising death order. <laughs> okay, so you're, you're a fan of the, the Janet Lee from Psycho kind of uh, big headline star. This is a spoiler for the movie. Yeah, spoilers now, I guess. Yeah, spoiler for the movie, but the big headline star gets killed off early. Like the other one, the one that you might know more familiarly is uh, Steven Seagal in Executive Decision. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the big headlining star, the big Steven well, no, Seagal. He was on, I know. He was I on know. the poster with Kurt Russell, and he dies within the first 10 I minutes. Know. But, I you know, know, the famous one is Janet Lee in Psycho <laughs> uh, dying within the first half hour. Amazing. Uh, I, I kind of... Yeah, what do you think? What do you I, think of it? I expected that to happen because I... I, I, I don't know. I, I just kind of felt like the reason Ryan Reynolds was in this movie and I didn't like him in this movie. I didn't think I thought his character was a cliche and uninteresting. And he was unins- the least interesting, which yeah, is why and yeah. uninspired and very much like, so he's called the ugly American at some point, And he's pretty much playing his Hal Jordan, his Deadpool kind of snarky American guy. He's playing himself. He's playing himself in this like sort of sci-fi movie about PhDs. And he's kind of like, Hey, uh, I'm going to go burn it, kill it with fire kind of guy. Yeah. And you know, that's what his character supposed to do. I just thought that was kind of dumb and I wasn't that interested in it. And so I liked it when they killed him off pretty early, especially given that he's a big headline star for the movie. He's the reason, you know, he's on the poster. People will be like, Hey, it's a Ryan Reynolds, Jake Gyllenhaal yep. team up. I'm going to go see that. Also, I respect entirely. Again, I know we're sort of getting into spoilers before spoilers, mm-hmm. but I respect the fact that they didn't do some reanimator bullshit that like brought him only, back with the alien. And, like, know that reference, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just sort of like, I'm glad that the, the thing didn't start puppeteering his body. Right. Uh, and I really, really appreciate that. He would, I would, he, I would he, have loved that sort of, if the movie turned into weekend at Bernie's or yeah. weekend at Bernie's or, <laughs> or men in black, you know, where, oh. where Ryan Reynolds was like, yeah, sugar. Water. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. So, uh, here's the thing. I, I, I think this movie is very expected. It runs on a train that you would expect sure. it to go on. It does exactly what you think it does. Even it's, it's big, uh, twists are very expected. You yes. kind of know what they're going to do. Um, it, uh, it has this sort of like 
at what point is this going to go wrong? Yes. You know, like there's this sort of, you know, you know what you're getting into this. And I, and I would have, I, and I know that we do this thing, which I'm like, let's not review the film we wanted to see, but review the film that uh -huh. we actually saw. But I would have liked it if, if the, if the big bad in this film didn't look so much like big bads we've seen before in other movies. I thought it looked pretty unique. Towards the end, it kind of became the alien and and what i liked about the i disagree with that what i liked about it at the beginning of the film is that it was bacteria or it, it kind of it was like an amoeba it was a single cell yep. organism and i was like oh that's going to be interesting you know like kind of like in war of the worlds where the where a bacteria destroyed the aliens like i was kind of like you're just talking about that it became a monster not it, a specific look that it was just a physical it, it took, form monster it took a physical form as gotcha. a, you know and it started as a single cell sort of amoeba or bacteria or whatever it would have been a hard cell to make this thing not like an actual visible thing yeah i would have been but i think i was like how would you do that correctly like i don't even know but i you know like the thing you were talking about earlier which is that you enjoy films where people with phds are you know like acting smart i think i would have been interested to see people with phds responding to something that we physically can't see but has some you know like affects us in some way well you know again that's talking okay. about the movie sure. i wanted to see right not the movie i saw um that said and, and i a lot of the reviews for this film are really kind of they're lukewarm right lukewarm they write they i guess i'm not sure if I, if i could entirely agree with this say that this is pretty much a crossover between aliens alien and gravity um nah, only I, I because I, only because they take place in space, space and, and there's an alien yeah but there when i say the film was expected if you've seen either of those two films you kind of know what this film is going to be that said with all of that said I did enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I actually, in, I was, I, I thought it was very, very well put together. I think the writing was really on point for what they were trying to do. And I appreciated an original, even if you think that the title, you know, even if you think it's slightly derivative of those two other movies, mm -hmm. I appreciate an original property doing uh, a story that is not franchise design. Yeah, it's high-end space sci-fi horror. And that's the other thing, too. It felt a lot more like a horror movie than I was expecting it to. Right. In the sense of there was times where I was like, holy, like, yeah. I, I looked at it and I felt like the movie fear. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. whoa. And I think they did a smart thing by, like, giving uh, the uh, the big bad a name. Oh, Calvin. Calvin. And, and, and then it kind of, so it, even good. just as simple as giving it a name kind of, like, made it somewhat more terrifying because they were kind yeah. of, like, always asking about Calvin. About Calvin. And you just kind of were, like, you, you had, a, like, a name to kind of attach it to. So I will say, apart from the, the annoying factor that, again, in my movie theater, <laughs> someone brought... I, I presume like an eight-year-old girl to this movie. He started shrieking uh, when the horror started happening. Why would you do that? But on the second, on the other side of it, in a weird way, it actually heightened the tension for me. Um, That's hilarious. Um, so maybe bringing an eight-year-old girl to every movie, yeah. every horror movie is kind of like- Why not? You know, just bring one in and put them in the corner and like see if they scream. I think that's perfect. <laughs> um, I, I did enjoy it. I actually, I, and I thought it was tight, well-contained, um, really kind of set out to do what it was going to do, handsomely made and well executed, you know? And, and, and so I, it's kind of, for me, it's a really good B plus kind of movie. Okay. You know, like a really, I, it's worth, worth seeing in a theater. It's, it's, it's kind of what, you know, like I, I, I don't feel bad for, for paying $15 sure. for sure. the movie, which is what I paid ridiculously. I also bought 
a $5 packet of M&Ms. Why did you do that? I don't know. I was in a Go rush to the bodega. I just been to the gym and I was like, I wanted like a little bit of sugar. You wanted to completely uh, cancel out all the work you did at the gym? Yeah, exactly. For yeah. $5? This is why I'm not getting Power Rangers <laughs> money. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. You said it. You said that. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, it's interesting because Katie, uh, my friend Katie, who I went to go see this movie with, one, she never watched the trailers. So she had no idea sort of what was going to happen, which I always yeah, enjoy. Which is good because I, I yeah. don't watch the trailers. Uh, and then two, uh, she's like, this was a really great movie, but it's not one I'll like think about a ton. Yeah. And I think that falls into your sort of B plus yeah, it's thing. A B. But as I've said, as I've said before, I think there's space for all of these ranks. And this is a, this is a nice one. Um, my, so we're going to, yeah, what are your gripes? My, my specific gripe here is that I really, and I, I, this is a, this is a broader question. So this is the second film with Hirokia, Hirokia Sanada. No, I did that wrong. Hiroki Sanada. Sure. Uh, who's a, just a total badass. Last time I saw him was in Sunshine. You would have seen him in the Wolverine movie, which mm-hmm. I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think with all the star power in the movie, he should have been the main, he should have been the lead. Uh, sure. The movie would have made complete. So my, my biggest gripe with this movie has to do with the metaphor in the title life. Sure. And there's a point at which where one of the characters says, um, this is, you know, like we, Calvin doesn't hate us. Calvin is Is is, trying to survive, is trying to survive. And that is the basic function of every, every living organism Mm -hmm. is to survive. And Calvin's mechanism for surviving is feasting on our organs, apparently. Um, Well, and also a side note to that, just real quick. They, every time, the only reason Calvin gets violent is due to violence sort of happening to him either accidentally or on purpose to try to do things. Right. Even, even when Calvin eventually attacks a rat by accident or not by accident, but attacks a rat in the lab. And if you look at it, he like touches the rat real soft yeah. and then the rat bites his, his, his little He's fin and then he destroys it in a terrifying way. I think, I think that's an interesting story. Like I think the broader exploration of this film is this idea that life uh, has no malicious intent. In fact, Rebecca Ferguson at one point says, I know it's irrational and illogical, but I only feel hate for this object, yeah. um, even though it doesn't hate me. Mm-hmm. But the, the reason I think uh, 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 Sonata, um, um, played, uh, his character's name was Sho, Sho. Yep. should have been the main character. And this might be my dad hormones running through me. Oh, because he just had a kid, he his wife. He just had a yeah. kid. And, and so he is- There's a scene where they have like a, the little video thing on a tablet and you like, they all wave hi to- Ultimately though, it's like Jake Gyllenhaal's like being, being the person who's longest in space. It has no payoff. It, you know, like his character is on the precipice. You know, he's con- he's thinking about life. He has a reason to live. He has a reason to survive. Um, you and know, Jake Gyllenhaal even said in the beginning he doesn't want to go back. He's he, like, I don't. They have a little monologue about exactly, like he exactly. doesn't really like Earth. So the metaphor to me, if if you think about, you know, like if those characters, if essentially, um, yeah, no, Jake I agree. Gyll- you Jake sold Gyll- me. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal's character was show and wanted to get back on earth. But, but the dilemma was he can't take this thing back yeah. to earth with him. The metaphor would be so strong, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and I, I was just like, why did they do this? And I, I, you know, like obviously for some reason in my brain, if Jake Gyllenhaal had a kid on earth, it would have been a cliche, but having this sort of side character having, you know, um, have a kid on earth didn't feel like a cliche. And then if, if he'd kind of like right. emerged, they use, the po- they use one bit of that later on. And we'll talk about it for shows, eventual demise. Yeah. The, the kid is a direct reason why he acts stupid. 
And, and mm. It's an emotional response he does to something because he wants to get back to Earth to see his kid. Right. Um. So there, there, it's a minor, but I like what you're saying. I think it would have made more. It would have made more sense. It, and and, and know, it like, would have made a better. It would have made stakes higher. Yeah. Exactly. Like I think you know, uh, Gravity, uh, Alfonso Cuarón's film mm-hmm. had a really as much as Gravity uh, has some problems. Sure. It has a really strong through line of why Sandra Bullock wants to get back. Yes. You ever watch you ever watch Gravity on a small screen? No, I've only ever watched it on a big screen. Never do it. And I've seen it three times on a big screen. Yeah, that's you got to do it. Uh, and you know, you know, okay, side, Sorry. side, side, <laughs> side, side note to Gravity. Here's this interesting thing about Gravity. I think Gravity is fantastic. I do think it's kind of a perfect movie. Really? The problem, okay. the problem is it's, it's almost one that's like flawed by its own perfection in that it's so tight. I don't need to watch it again. Like I get everything I need to get out of it in one viewing. Interesting. It, like, like every time but you I, saw it three times, I did because every time I saw it, I was like, am I going to get more out of this? Movie? And you don't, you got the and same thing. I got the same thing. And, and the first time I watched it, I thought, wow, that was a great, great movie, but it's not one where I'm like watching it again to get more out of it. That's an interesting concept because I watch a lot of movies. I mean, we're sitting on my couch with the Jim Cotta poster hanging yeah. right behind it. I watch a lot of movies that I mean, Jim Cotta. Yes, I can say is a worse film than gravity, yeah. but <laughs> I will watch Jim Cotta more than gravity because it, 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 every time I watch it, it does kind of offer me something different, even if it is sort of in that, like just talking about it or making fun of it or having fun with it kind of I, way. I, uh, so in my criterion yeah. hall last night, Oh, oh Jim Cotta's in your criterion hall. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They've made a Criterion collection. I would buy that in a heartbeat. I think Matt Singer over at Screen Crash is petitioning for a Criterion of uh, of uh, Jim Catter, and he wants to write the line. Oh, us. please, please, please. Maybe we should get him in to try and do a Jim Catter episode. I would... I would kill a man to do Jim Cotta on this show. So <laughs> with, the, with the with the thrill of gymnastics mixed with the kill of karate, of okay. course. Um, I watched the game again, the David Fincher ah, film, the game, and every time not I watched, the Triple H documentary. No, and I wasn't watching a basketball game. So when I was like over here going, <laughs> I'm going to go watch the game. You kind of looked. Yeah, at last funny. night, last night when we were hanging out, we had a bunch of people over here, and she was like, "Well, I got to go home and watch the game." And we're all like, "You're not what what you're, sport? You're sports what guy. sport ball are you going to watch?" <laughs> yeah. No, the David Fincher movie, and I and I get a lot out of that film every time I watch it. You know what's interesting? And maybe I got to revisit it again. That's a film I watched once and got that feeling you were describing about gravity too. I was like, I got it. Yeah. I don't need to see this again. But maybe there's, I don't know. I I wouldn't mind trying that again. Back to life. I don't, I, I, will I watch this again? I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting question, but I think, and and then I would show someone this movie. Like it's a fun, it's a fun thing. My question is we're in the midst right now in a release of ghost in the shell, which is uh, being accused very, Perhaps rightly so, whitewashing. I think this one is whitewash. I think Ocean Shell is whitewashed. I don't think Great Wall is whitewashed, if that makes sense. No, what are we talking about Great Wall for? Because everyone's talking about that. There's a lot of whitewashing controversy lately. Yeah, and also Doctor Strange. You know, there was and Doctor Strange. And, and Doctor Strange is like in the middle where I'm not sure. So like I would say Great Wall isn't. Doctor Strange, not sure. Ghost in the Shell, uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I, 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 and I don't want to like... Uh, be accu- accusational towards life, but I, I just I, like I, I wonder if the fact that you know because it just seems so obvious that Show should be the main character towards the end of the film to me. It's the same thing the, in the Godzilla movie, man. They yeah. should have made um, I, I'm Cranston? Bu- no, the Cranston shouldn't have been the main character for a third of the movie and then have Kick Ass mm-hmm. be it. They should have had um, I'm blanking on his name, the guy who could talk to Godzilla. 
the scientist that like knew all the answers, but it was only on there to do exposition. Oh, the Ken Watanabe. Yeah. Character? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, he, that she should have been the main character. You could have cut out three fourths of the characters in that movie. Do you, do you, Cause I, I, I can't recall the poster for life, but is, is Hiroki nope. on the poster? No, not even in the international ones. Is he, you know, like, cause I just, I wonder about that. I feel like it's, it's, it's a question of like, you know, so when Ridley Scott was making uh, his, uh, Egyptian movie some some time ago, which had uh, Christian Bale and Joel Edgerton as Egyptians. Um, you know, like the, he famously quoted uh, was saying something along the lines, "Well, I can't have Muhammad so and so as the lead in my movie. I would never sell it anywhere." And and you know, he said it out loud. Yeah. Um. And 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 I wonder if that's the case with this. I I look. I think that I, I'm reaching, but it just seems so painfully obvious to me that show I don't even know if he's in the trailer. Yeah, but sh- yeah, he's not. And show to me should be the main character. He has got such a such a perfect reason that ties into the metaphor for what this film should be about that it would make this such a stronger movie. There's there's two yeah, there's two things about that. Yeah. One you could it's interesting because at first I was like, okay, let's mm-hmm. let's take race out of the equation for the first half of this. Mm-hmm. Uh you said if Jake Gyllenhaal had the parent, the dad thing, and he was that character, it would have felt sort of trite and sort of well-worn. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to think of sort of why. And then when you sort of put race back into it and, and now I, you know, they didn't do it. I'm sure because the, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal is a bigger name in, in yeah. America than, you know, than Hiroki. Hiroki. Yeah. Uh, Sonata. Yeah. Who's great in this movie. He's, he's wonderful. He's wonderful. He's great in sunshine. As um, well. I think, uh, that's why this uh, the, I don't I'm trying to figure out where it falls in the spectrum. You, you know what the thing would have been for me as well is if the film came down to like like every film to me has to have um an internal dialogue or conflict sure. that is that is both action based and philosophically based. Mm-hmm. And philosophically the thing is you've got one character who desperately wants to go back to earth if you had show as like, you know, like at the end of the movie, it becomes Rebecca Ferguson and Jake Gyllenhaal. There's two characters. Their two characters actually in their own ways are okay. Not making it back. Yeah. And, and And then you have show show who who desperately desperately wants to come. And the diatribe between, you know, the, between the philosophy of this film would make so much more sense. If you replaced the Rebecca Ferguson character with show who desperately wants to go back. And, and then fi- the ending would have been so much stronger. Yeah. Uh, this is my question then. Is it not would, would the triteness of the father trying to get back to earth storyline? Would it be, would that trite be canceled out by the fact that they had uh, an Asian man doing it and not a white guy? Do you know what I mean? Like, because right, it right. would be, it would be, and this sucks that I have to even say this novel in a movie like this to have him be the main character. Right. Would that novelty cancel out the uh you know the old hatness of that like and then would it be like great but i I think the reason why it would work in this case is because he's not he's not the headline actor yeah and and you watch it going oh that's what it is ryan reynolds and it's jake gyllenhaal it's clearly going to be about these two guys at some point and then when it's not you know, I think it would be like, oh wow, that movie yeah. really took a turn. That was interesting. And I'm I, surprised more movies haven't jumped on the we can kill our main characters or get rid of them somehow bandwagon after the success of Game of Thrones. Like well, Game think, of Thrones, I know it's longer. I know it's long form and everything. Da 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 da. Yeah. But like we've proven that that things can move on once your headliner is gone. 
Right. And I think, you know, like, I, I mean, as much as Ridley Scott's quote um, is very problematic and, and points to a lot of interesting issues, it does highlight the kind of, if you're, you know, like if I'm putting my studio hat on for a second. Here. Oh, hello. You're, hey, hey, Mr. Studio. Hi, guy. Mr. Studio, man. What can you tell me? Well, you see, <laughs> I've got a movie here with Tom Cruise. You see? Okay. He's going to make, uh, he's going to cost me $20 million. You see? Okay. But because he's going to, even though he's going to cost me $20 million, he's right. going to, he's going to bring in a hundred million dollars because everybody likes Tom Cruise. You see? Okay. Why Mr. <laughs> Studio, man, I have a lot of questions. Okay. You see, uh, first off, why are you Which talking like, like a really stereotypical <laughs> 1940s gangster, uh, based on the ideas of a young man from New Zealand who's never been to America before. <laughs> What are you talking about? See? Okay. Uh, second question. Uh, no, that's it. Cause I understand completely what you're talking about. Let's go make some money. Okay. Uh, and, 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 you know, I think even, uh, you know, there was some, I remember I'm, I'm, I'm cutting into my love of executive decision. The, the, the Kurt Russell, Steven Seagal vehicle <laughs> where, where Steven Seagal is ceremoniously killed within the first 10 minutes. And right. I remember people being upset about that. I think it's, it's one of those things where, um, in Game of Thrones, I mean, but the thing, the reason why it works in Game of Thrones is it that that trick perfectly aligns with the overarching philosophy of what Game of Thrones is about, which is that sure. the good guys don't necessarily win. Right. And I think, and my problem here is that life for such a provocative title, you know, like it, it could have had more of a tie into its own name. Yeah. And it could have been more philo philosophically interesting. Agreed. Um, again, I enjoyed, you know, what it had to offer sure. as a, as maybe a respite from like a big summer, well, you know, we're in winter now, uh, a big action-y blockbuster. Mm -hmm. But I, I, you know, I just think it could have been such a stronger film, even given, given that it was so well made, given that the writing was strong, given that the acting was strong. I really, I, you know, it was kind of a disappointment that it lit itself so down so, so uh, fundamentally. Well, now, uh, no, I agree. I agree. But, uh, yeah, I think there's always room for improvement and, and, you know, maybe they'll take what they did. Maybe they're, uh, maybe that's what they want in the studio did say they couldn't do it. You know, you never know all this stuff. I do feel like, and now that you've told me that it's the Deadpool writers. Yeah. Um, and I'm, that's why Ryan Reynolds is probably, of course, yeah. of yeah. course. Um, and it's just interesting that, um, I don't know. I, I'd be, I'd be curious. I'd love to hear the behind the doors conversations, or if it, you know what, or if it was even discussed, maybe, cause maybe that's a note that I'm giving as a writer Yeah, and, and like, maybe it's that a was a solid note. Like it's something that no one would ever like Sony. If you're looking for script doctors, only movie podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Uh, we, we got your back. Um, so let's get into some nuts and bolts just of sort of how this movie goes down. Okay. Uh, and also the crew is, has an interesting thing. So Hugh is the sort of like the, uh, he's crippled. English. He's English. He's yeah. crippled. He, uh, he is their sort of like lead biologist. I guess that would be, I don't know if that was his actual title, but he's the guy in the room dealing with Calvin when they first As get Ryan him. Reynolds says in the film, five people could do my job back down on earth. There's only one, one person. person yeah. So he's very specialized. Yeah. David played by Jake Gyllenhaal, um, is the, on is the too on long in the space station. He's the medic though, right? He's the, yeah. he's the doctor yep. on board. Uh, Rory, who played by Ryan Reynolds, is like the sort of like the cocky pilot. He's the engineer. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was, I thought he was the engineer. He's basically, you know, that's why he was fixing the shower. But he ba he baseball catches a satellite that was carrying the. So basically, they get Calvin the little cell from a probe that took soil from Mars and brought it back here. Right. Which then it got me thinking: we've never done that. 
It's uh, something. You know, it was funny. I was reading a Vulture or Business Insider article yeah. about this this morning, where they where they talked to some uh, scientists who who uh, consulted on the film, and they said, "No, we would never put it on a space station. We would we would actually bring it to Earth, and we would do it in a level four laboratory or something like that, which is a complete firewalled laboratory on Earth." I, that's what that she said. There was no. There was. She said. Uh, she said. The reason she said that was that. If the space shuttle goes down, you can't control where that bacteria lands. Whereas if you have it on Earth, you know exactly where it's going to be and there's nowhere else it can go. Yeah, I get it, but that doesn't make me feel good. Anyway, it's a diverse and then uh, show. What was show? Show was communications or... or um... Communications, I think he might have been the pilot as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then there was another woman. Um, the Russian, Olga, uh, played by Olga. Yeah. I'm going to butcher that. As my, my Russian's not as good as my Japanese. Ekaterina <laughs> is her name in the thing. You can call her Olga. I, Don't I, even I, try that. I'm sorry, And I believe Olga. she was the captain of the ship. Yeah. Um, and then Rebecca Ferguson was the protocol, the firewall, firewall protocol officer. Yep. Or so, something, some der derivation thereof. Yeah. So they get the sample back. They yeah. find that there's a single cell in it. There, they they revive it. Do they give it glucose and they give it the right levels of uh, atmosphere the depending on what atmosphere. they need? Yeah, and they bring it back to life. Basically, they reanimate this cell. Uh, and a good reanimator joke as well. Again, if you're a nerd, sure. <laughs> there was a, yeah. there was a joke like it's this, that's some real reanimator shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Deep cut. Only yeah. if you're a nerd. Not yeah. if you're a nerd. Now, uh, well, just just one thing. Yeah, again, sure. This is that this is that thing where I think the film had a real opportunity to play with this is that the idea that Hugh uh, creates an atmosphere for this bacteria to thrive. Not bacteria, just a cell. Just a single cell to thrive. Um, doesn't come back later in the film because it feels like, so they, they end up trying to deprive it of oxygen. But it already but, got too big. But it already got too big. And I was like, oh, I was really interested in this idea that you can create alternate atmospheres for an organism. And then how does it adapt to other atmospheres? Right. And I was like, Oh, wouldn't it be interesting if these scientists were who were trying to kill this thing started playing around with like the fundamental idea that got it got it to the point it's at, it's at you know like they kind of did when they were trying to deprive it of oxygen but then like it, by the time it was big it could store enough uh, stuff in its body like it was outside the ship for a while and yeah it, I just I just you know like again that the, their methodology for trying to kill it were very like action movie methodology burn it with fire. I think like, they were just trying to use what they had at the time. Yeah, I just, you know, like, I wish scientists... In well, they did. Eventually, they did. It was just when they were in, like, hectic situations, they didn't. Mm. They couldn't get to the knobs to make the atmosphere different. Like, you know, anyway, I, I don't... I've agreed with you up to this point, right. pretty just, much. Yeah, and, that's, yeah. you know, I just think... What I like about this movie is it, it made me think about the possibility sure. of it. Sure. Yeah. So then on Earth, they have a contest because they just, they announced that they've discovered life on Mars and they have a contest in Calvin Coolidge High School or something like that or whatever. It's in Times Square. In an office I think you and I both work at. Yeah. They, we, like, I've, I was like, I've seen that view many uh -huh. times. Uh, and the little girl names it Calvin because they won like a contest. So that's where we get the name from. Um, no Hobbs, sadly. Uh, and then Calvin grows a bunch because of all the stuff they did. Uh, and then, and this is the weird part. So an accident caused some damage to Calvin and it kind of almost kills Calvin. I, no, I think they were, uh, what happened was, was Calvin went into a hibernative state they, and they weren't sure why. Like it had just stopped but responding. It, no, no, there, no, no. So there was something that was done. It, there was something was adjusted yeah. and it was actually Hugh's fault. 
because he was he wasn't paying attention enough, and there was that oh, explosion yeah, was or a, something. There was a valve that yeah, uh, yeah, that, that, that something caused like. him to go into hibernation. That caused Calvin to go into hibernation. And Hugh, because he was so excited, even though he was super brainy, he had a human error, and he did that. And that was the first thing that sort of struck this whole thing off. And then he went into full Frankenstein mode afterwards with a like, little electro prod. Yeah, to try and, and el- zapped it back to life. And zapped it angrily back into life. Right. And then, uh, you know, at this point, it was a little bit bigger, obviously. And it like, it grabs his hand mm. and it won't let his hand out of the tube that he's working with. How did the, how did you, how did the scene play for you? Just as a, as, just as a teen. Terrifying. It, it was terrifying. Hard, it? it crushes his hand. And when, and when you see his like limp little hand. Oh my God. Like that's were- the worst. And you know what's so funny? Deadpool has a crushed limp hand joke in it. Uh, it's like they're literally going back to the well. They're going back to the well. Uh, um, I, I did think that the film stretched believability once Calvin started using weapons. And what Calvin did was like grab the little prod and use it to pierce to the- pierce the glove to get out. Now, I didn't mind that because they'd already set up in the world that Calvin's cells are all muscle and brain at the same time. So as he grew, it was literally like, you okay, if he's bigger, he has to be smarter. And that's again, well, it's pseudoscience, I understand. Yeah, you like think but, about the evolution of humanity. But they like- broke but they but they set that up. And so that's why I'm going to give that a pass. Sure. If it just did it, I'd be like, "All right, asshole." But I, sometimes yeah. all Wait, it takes it, is a line. I know, I know. But it did, you know, like there's a moment where Calvin grabs a prod <laughs> and cuts a hole in something and he's and it was like dude you were just a single cell like, he's he's doing good like 20 days ago you so were a single cell. this is the now we're coming up to the part once it's free in the lab that's still locked off the part that i thought was just stupid stupid so ryan reynolds busts fire. in no ryan reynolds busts in to save hugh who has passed out yeah and calvin's losing the lab so uh, they break protocol immediately even yep. though they've like sit up this- now i don't even have a problem with with uh, Rory, his character breaking protocol because he's been a kind of loose cannon, like the try the not, yeah, he, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, the the ugly American. Sure. Yeah. Um. What I have a problem with, mm-hmm. and uh, I I forget who pointed it out. Someone did. Oh, I think I, my friend Will Temper pointed it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Will. He so so Ryan Reynolds goes in, and rather than like floating because it goes door Ryan Reynolds Hugh, and then in the back of the room Calvin sort of whipping around on the wall. Right. Why not just grab Hugh from pull the, and pull him out from the other side? Ryan Reynolds goes 180 around Hugh to push him out. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, that's stupid. Right. That was the one move where I'm like, motherfucker, like, that's just dumb. It's also uh, as a protocol issue, you know, and what I like about this film, you know, kind of like um, uh, Danny Boyle's Sunshine. Right. Uh, it's, you know, like there's a there's an issue of protocol. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that protocol is immediately breached. Uh, once uh, Hugh has been knocked out, and unfortunately for Hugh, he need, he has to become expendable at that sure. point because for the safety of the crew, for the safety of planet Earth. Yeah, and so to actually go in the room is you know like the fact that they're all arguing about it seems silly to me because it seems like they should have all known this was the deal right and i think they did but at the same time ryan reynolds character is being true to whatever that character and, is and to be fair jake gyllenhaal kind of acknowledges that yeah, he's a like, second later by locking ryan yeah, reynolds in the yeah. room i'm just saying that like you've got an organism in there you don't know how it reacts to human you know like it's breathing in oxygen it multiplies it's probably in the air mm-hmm. at some point so it's like to actually bring I Hugh get it. back into the room yeah. is kind of foolish. So uh, Ryan Reynolds gets a plasma cutter 
and starts trying to blast uh burn it with fire yeah burn it with fire that's it that was fine whatever it looked a little silly i didn't mind it and then it runs out and eventually gets him and a very gruesome death for ryan reynolds yeah uh now there's a floating plasma cutter which moves and knocks into the heat sink systems it causes like halo sort of like things to put out the fire which puts which creates a vacuum that 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 uh, Calvin can escape about. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Calvin, sorry. Calvin climbed inside of Ryan Reynolds and like gutted him from the inside. And then I was so glad he climbed out Yeah. because I did not want again, the, the reanimator. Yeah. <laughs> just, 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 he did it. It was brutal and it was horrible. He kills the rat too in that, in the room, which is, that was one of the scariest CGs I've seen in a while, how it just sort of like devours it in a, in a cellular way. Yeah. I mean, side note, this movie is actually a very good looking movie. It's like, very pretty. It's a very pretty shame. The, the gravity, like the anti-gravity stuff they're floating all around seemed like effortless which yeah. was amazing like you never question it side note it was shot by uh the guy who shot uh avengers You're damn and, right it was and uh i think a bitter looking movie godzilla he shot atonement you think godzilla is a better looking movie than avengers one thousand percent all right that, godzilla is a beautiful looking movie let's put a pin let's put a pin in that because we could fill another hour with that conversation hundred percent uh, disagree godzilla go just go watch the trailer for godzilla again and look how beautiful that movie hey is. go watch the trailer for suicide squad again and then uh tell me how awesome that looks suicide squad does not look i'm not talking about good. visually i'm talking about just as a movie no. uh regardless uh, so. but seamus mcgarvey is a, the dp and that's great looked great um so then a whole bunch of stuff starts happening as these people start dying they try to radio earth that doesn't work because they're like oh the communications are down we have to go outside the ship and check if the coolant is is working because uh because as we've learned now what uh calvin gravitates towards is coolant fluid well he will yeah. uh he gravitates towards anything that's rich in uh i forget what it was but nutrients. the coolant was yeah. yeah let's go nutrients yumminess yeah um but the thing this is the thing they're in the cold depths of space right mm-hmm you really need coolant for your, I don't know how space stations work, I, um, I, I, but you'd think that the cold vacuum of space would be enough to cool down. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about how coolant works. Anyway, <laughs> I thought that was kind of silly. So the captain decides that by that theory in Antarctica, you wouldn't need coolant. Do you not need coolant in Antarctica? I, I'm just saying by your logic. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm literally, I work in listen, television. Remember how we got schooled on gravity um, on Andrew Schultz's episode? Sure. I'm waiting for someone like- some Come on in, bring it. Onlymoviepodcast.com. Tell me how coolant, coolant is needed on the space station outside, like on the exterior of the space station. Okay. Anyway, uh, then uh, the captain goes out, the Russian Olga? captain. Yeah. Um, then- uh, And she, she has a terrifying death, which is that the coolant fluid- In, in her, her suit. suit uh, uh, breaks and she basically drowns to death outside while so Calvin gets out from one of the ports and they're like oh we got to keep Calvin outside and in a way she does the smartest thing she holds the door so they can't let her back yeah and then Jake Gyllenhaal's trying to let her back in yeah, yeah. So totally not doing what he did for Ryan Reynolds yeah, yeah exactly it was a very opposite day sort of <laughs> nonsense thing there he was like you know what I, I you're not the main star of the movie yeah, 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 you yeah, know yeah. like Ryan Reynolds can go fuck himself yeah, yeah. but he I, just wanted I, to get the competition out of the way yeah exactly uh, <laughs> so then she dies and then then they have, uh, then there's four of them. There's Hugh, there's show, there's, um, Rebecca uh, Ferguson, Rebecca characters. Ferguson's character who I'm sorry, we Miranda. keep up Miranda yeah. and, um, and David. Yeah. So, but then, uh, they, he wakes up and it's at this point, 
Um, oh no, not yet. So then they, they realize how can he get back in the ship and like, Oh, I can get back in the ship. Calvin can climb through the thrusters. So they keep checking them for heat signatures and they play a game of real expensive whack-a-mole. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that was like, Oh, whatever. Fuck it. It was just one more little thing. Finally. I mean, there was a, there's i I've seen some comments about this where they were like, surely they would, you know, like in the, in being so close to the uh, gravitational pull of the earth, you would not be fucking with your thrusters, yeah. ca- you know, for the exact reason. Because they go, they go, they you know start to go too far into the earth's atmosphere they're going to burn up so they have to use the rest of their fuel to get themselves back into orbit now i, I don't mind this equation though because like the, the equation isn't like uh not pull into the gravitational earth it's like i we need to kill this thing or be pulled into the gravitational earth and and they they even say at some point i would rather we'd let we let calvin in than be pulled into earth yes yeah so he gets in and then this is a part of the movie where they're all trying to plot and figure out what to do. Mm. Uh, and they act way too calm that Calvin's just back in the ship. Yeah. It's that thing. Where, Cause they even, they start wrapping uh, Ryan Reynolds body up to like, give him like a, 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 a kind of burial thing. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm like, like, okay. And again, he's Ryan Reynolds is, 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 is an infected body. They should not be anywhere. They should have left that room shut. Yeah, they should should be nowhere near this thing. So um, this is the part I'm trying to remember how it sort of happens, but Calvin's nowhere to be seen for a while. And then all of a sudden, when they're working in a lab uh, doing something, I forget even what they were, they were coming up with a plan or whatever. It turns out that Calvin is now hiding. Yeah on Hugh's uh, small, like, broken legs. His, his legs that has no feeling. So I think this is interesting because, I, you know, like in every space horror movie, it's the character from Aliens that wants the alien to survive. Right. You know what I mean? And, and Hugh kind of like, and, and so I was, expe- again, because this movie moves in expected directions, I was waiting for this one character that like- To has, like help the alien? Yeah, it has some- But he didn't. Mach- I think they play it kind of smartly where you don't know if he didn't realize it or whether he is kind of like acknowledging that. I'm pretty sure he didn't realize it. I don't know. There's a moment where he saw, he sees Calvin rush past and he says nothing. Really? Yeah. Like he he sort of like sees him. I don't know. And he says nothing. And then the next scene. This is the thing. I got mad at this scene because how would no one see it crawling, especially if he saw it, how would no one see it crawling up his leg? This felt to me like a poor editing choice somewhere along the way. Right. Um, it, that to me, the combination of them being so calm that this almost like this shook me again, the movie was enjoyable enough where it didn't knock me off enough to be like, ah, fuck this. But I was like, come on. I was like, that felt lazy as shit. Yeah. Uh, yep. He gets away. Then there's a sort of a bunch of back and forth. Uh, Hugh eventually dies there. Uh, and then the group gets split up. So show is hiding in one of the sleep pods and, uh, and Miranda again, and David are in another part of the ship. Yeah. And again, I think to me, the choice to make the film really ostensibly land with uh, Miranda and David is, is the mistake of the yep. movie, you know? And then Miranda reveals that like all the different firewalls and like the third and final one is like, they don't ever let us come back and they push us out into space. Yeah. Which is, a, it's weird that that spaceship, the, the it was the Soyuz, uh, like crashes into them but it actually has people on board no it doesn't it does because you see them being like murdered by calvin when when show like tries to like uh, get into it you see these go back well you're not gonna go back okay yeah 
but, but I don't behind, remember but when show goes in there. So let's get, let's get there. Yeah. So basically show, because show wants to get home. Show just had a baby on earth. His wife literally just Skyped it in. Yeah. Uh, and so Skyped he sees, so, so, so Miranda has now told David in another room that the protocol is to send a ship up, to push us out, to push the ship out of orbit and never go back right. Two characters that are, you know, they don't want it. One of them doesn't really want it, but both of them are going to be okay with that fate. And the one that isn't okay with that fate is locked in another room, not hearing this conversation. Right. So he sees a ship coming through. So he gets out to try to get to it because he wants to go back, but not knowing that that ship's never going back. Right. And that's where I think they, 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 uh, they used your like dad wanting to get home thing in a minor way. They could have tied it again. I agree in a much better, bigger way, making him the main character and making the sacrifice based on him. But that's where they went with it. And again, it was fine. Perfect. No, fine. Yeah. But yeah, there were other okay. I didn't remember that. There were other and, and because what happens is there's a hull breach and there's this whole like gravity is you know like a whole bunch of stuff hits the the, the, the things folding in on itself and hits the thing yeah, and, and it gets in pushed in the wrong of that way. Shot, you can see Calvin devouring other people that were in the Soyuz. Okay. Um, Calvin. Side note. So at first he started looking. He got a little face eventually. He did. And he started looking like a snake. Yeah. But after getting home and looking at Zoe. Yeah. It, it was the face of Calvin with after the petals, like its little petals, like opened up is distinctly feline. Okay. I, uh, I, which I, I thought was very, an interesting choice, like a hairless cat. Okay. Uh, I would love to see the cartoon version of life where, where Calvin is a character and like walks around, like cuddling up to your feet and like trying to stay big for food. Yeah. Or big for oxygen. Yeah, big for oxygen. Just yeah. let it, let it breathe. <laughs> Uh, this would have been a very different movie had there not been an accident or an electrical prod. Maybe they could have all been friends. Yeah, Calvin would have been like, hey, this is just a cute I love out. they named it Calvin. Yeah. You're 100% right when you say that because it, it whenever you give something terrifying a, just a, name. a name like that, like a general basic name, yeah. non-threatening in any way, it makes it so scary. And side note, I really like the- side notes. The, <laughs> I mean, so many side Well, you just came back. I have to get all the side notes now. <laughs> um, I really liked the design of Calvin. I really liked the the- actual graphics work of Calvin mm -hmm. granted when it moved quick and got squishy, it got a little weird, but overall, especially near the end, I really, it felt like it had a presence. Yeah, it definitely, yeah, it definitely worked that way. And I think, uh, I think towards the end when it's like, I liked it when it was translucent. Yeah. Uh, when it started like gaining shape and took that sort of murky alien color, I was less interested and like, and, and when it had a face, I think I was less interested in it. Like it just sort of became more of a movie monster. To I me. was curious if it got the face because it devoured the rat. That's interesting. I didn't know. That's I didn't know. That's interesting. Uh, because it didn't devour anything else entirely. And so, again, we're debating random fake science that wasn't even explained to the movie. Alternate science. Yeah. No, here's <laughs> the thing though uh, that I wanted to get into is that I think for a bunch of scientists, they didn't, or did they maybe, did they really get into what Calvin was doing? Like, what is what is the primary nutrient that he is trying to, or he or she? They were only concerned with oxygen by the end because they were, he was getting the other stuff, uh, glucose or something. He already got it. They already, I don't, I don't really quite know. Yeah. And so, and again, I was like, oh, I wish this movie kind of took its science a little more seriously and, and took a science-based action approach as opposed to like, 
just a purely action-based approach towards the ending? I mean, they kind of did near the end. So the last thing they do in the movie is they decide once show is dead that they they sort of uh, they shout out to show by the way. Yeah, I, I felt I I felt that. Dude. Yeah, I uh, really didn't want him to die because again, of course, I was like new dad, dad brain. Yeah. Um. So then it's just Miranda and David, and they kind of come to terms with it. They've cut off all heat. They've cut off all oxygen in other parts of the station. Like it's just yeah. Uh, they're like, well, we're fucked. And then they have a little I was speech. Waiting for the, I was waiting for them to like, get, oh, and this is the point where they do the good night moon. Yeah. The, the, yeah. And I was like, Ugh, and my eyes were rolling at this point. I was like, just cause I read that story every night. Uh, there was a book that one of them gave show for the, for the baby being good born night moon is a book. I have, cause I've read it more than sure. any book I've ever read in my life. At wow. This point. Okay. And uh, you know, I've read it every night and, uh, and I'm always like trying to dissect the story. There's a really funny Freakonomics or uh, episode where someone tries to write a sequel to good night moon or prequel to good night moon. What's it like, called? Uh, good morning, son. The old, no, they, there's an old lady in good night moon. And they write a prequel from her point of oh view. Oh my god, a gritty reboot. Yeah, and, I was, and it's just like Goodnight Moon is this sort of asinine story that like seems to have like multiple meanings to it, and they try to use it as metaphorical in hmm. this because they're like Goodnight Moon, Goodnight Air, and then like Jake, you know, light bulb goes off in Jake Gyllenhaal's brain. Yeah, like they <laughs> haven't like, been thinking, like they, like the astronauts haven't been thinking about <laughs> air the entire time. I know, and it was like good, but and he starts crying when he say Goodnight Nobody. And I'm like. I've read this book. It is not going to, you know, like sure. really sit you. But when like you're that. freezing to death and you're running out of oxygen and you have a crazy Calvin outside uh, sucking out people's insides. Again, if show was reading that book for the first time, because it's a book that he would be, I reading got his, you. His kids, I got you. You know? So yeah. then they decide that they, all of a sudden they're like, Oh, we can get to the two escape pods. One of us can escape and one of us can go off into space. They, they argue about it for a while and they're going to lure uh, Calvin with oxygen candles, which I didn't even know were a thing. They looked cool. Yeah, they looked neat. And they like gave and away. You suck on them. Yeah. Yeah. You like just sort of breathe. Yeah. They're like canned air and space balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, President Scroob, uh, David, then takes these candles and tries to lure Calvin to one of the pods. And eventually he does. Miranda gets to the other one. They take off. I like this sort of like uh, this, you know, the two two cans flying into the air with different fates. Yeah. Problem is, is that you know, you know by the way that the scene is edited and put together, you Exa know exactly where this exactly. is. Exactly. So some of the debris from the space station crumbling uh, hits the pods, and you get you confused which pod as to which, which pod is what. One goes off into space, and one goes. Uh, so just so you know, like the idea is, one pod is going to go back to Earth, with, and one is with the with uh, Miranda. That's what's supposed which to is happen. Really strange because she she understands protocol, and her protocol should be like, I have been exposed to this thing. There is no way I should go back to Earth. Yep. <laughs> yep. Which is kind of dumb. They both and, should have just launched those things out. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and the guy who he said he never wants to go back to Earth. So you got, you know, one person who wants to go back to Earth, one person who doesn't go back to Earth. As soon as you, I'm saying that out loud, you know what's going to happen. Yep. Yep. Uh, and the movie, you know, I like that the movie has this sort of like, it's a down ending. Basically the pod lands and some fishermen lands in some water and some fishermen go up to it and look in the window and they see a trapped Jake Gyllenhaal with a whole bunch of alien shit all over him. Side note. Why was Jake Gyllenhaal still alive? It says to scream. Yeah, I know. But like, you know what I mean? Oh, like, I know. Why. Well, I guess it's it killed Ryan Reynolds within like a heartbeat when it was like one fifth the size. Yeah, it was silly. But then they're like, oh, God, we got to get this guy out. And they show him them opening it. And then more boats come and then end of the movie. And then Spirit in the Sky starts playing. You know what I really would have wished they would have done as a cool visual at the end of that? What? Was that because they had this like beautiful overhead shot where. Yeah, all the boats are coming. All the boats are coming. I would have loved to have seen 
um, Calvin underwater swimming away. Yeah. You know, like I, I just would have loved to have seen just like just mm-hmm. a hint or, you know, like in one of those sure. ways where it was like, oh, what did I just see? You know, like just a hint of because maybe this is the beginning of Cloverfield. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and basically uh, the, the point here is life as we know it uh, is over. Uh, and now. everyone eventually on Earth dies. I mean, more quicker than usual. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that was basically the movie. Uh, and I dug the crap out of it overall <laughs> for all the problems we point out. It's I, really fun. It's it, really fun. It is. It is. Uh, it is well-made. It is an effective horror. It has the dumb tropes of all horror movies, but I still, but it does them well. The suspense is on point. Uh, it's, and I guess the thing is, is that despite a ca- characters occasionally doing dumb things, it's not a dumb movie, right? You know, like it has, bigger ideas and it has um it has it never treats its characters as stock right you know like i think i think they do spend time with these characters to give them life yes i appreciate that and i really like that calvin wasn't evil and that they acknowledged that that every character acknowledged that calvin wasn't evil and then they acknowledged how they they know it's illogical but they still hate the thing right and I think in this day and age, uh, more acknowledgement of illogical hate might go a, f- a, long, uh, a long way. That's an um, alternative truth. I'm not sure we're ready to accept. Just no, yet. no, no, no. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, I know we're both sort of tag teaming final thoughts, but I think this overall, is this a time we're agreeing on it. It's a weird one because, because I'm kind of acknowledging the flaws, but, but, but enjoying it nonetheless, which is a rarity for you, which is a rarity for me, which, which leads me to believe it's a stronger movie than either of us are giving. Credit <laughs> yeah. for. It is, you know, like, and I'm wondering why that is because I, there are other movies where like mission impossible five. I just, I don't enjoy. I think it might be because the, so we're talking, we've talked a lot about the story and the writing and the meaning and everything like mm-hmm. that and all the fun things and some mistakes that they made along the way where I think we're allowed to do that. And we want to talk about that because everything else, the, the, the graphics and the visuals and all that jazz felt so just good and solid you know that, what? that like we're, we're we almost like breezing by it because yeah, of course it looked like it was in space and, mm-hmm. and we can talk about those stuff. Whereas if it was like, Oh my God, like the floating shit was so late. Like if they did that poorly, yeah. that would break the entire thing. But I think, you know what it is, is, is that, um, the, the set pieces in this movie all feel set up by the world. They, they feel within the world that they, that the movie has established, you know, mm-hmm. whereas like in a mission impossible five, there's this continual escalation into bigger and bigger set pieces that most of the time you're just like, what's the biggest thing we can throw at this? Yeah. Whereas even fast when, eight submarine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Still haven't seen a fast and the furious movie. Oh my God. Um, but, but you know, like even when a, a spaceship starts collapsing in this movie, it's because we understand the reason that that's happening. Sure. Yep. So I think, I think maybe that's why I'm okay with this movie. And I'm like, you know, it I, does a good job setting up its world and it sticks to its rules. Yeah. Sticks to its rules. And I think that, you know, that's, that's why it's, you know, to me, it's a solid B plus kind of movie. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I don't think it's dumb, even though it does dumb things on yeah. occasion. Yeah. Uh, no. And so my, my, my actual threshold is, at, you know, for, for what you would consider fun is actually pretty low. 
It's just that a lot of movies don't hit that threshold. Uh, I you, disagree with that statement. But I, again, we got to agree to disagree on that. You yeah. hate fun. Obstensively, you and, hate it. And you like cheap thrills, but, you know. I like, do. Yeah. I do. Hey, hey, listeners, the cheaper, the better. The cheaper, the thrills, the better. The cheaper, the more thrilling. <laughs> That's what really gets me <laughs> off. It's not the thrill itself, but the fact that it's so cheap. Yeah, I mean, if, if the thrill was a dollar, you'd be like. Oh, come on. Let's go 50 cents. Let's go a quarter. Let's just fucking roll with it. Uh, anyway, so this has been the only podcast about the film life. I think we both agree if you're looking for a good time at the movies to something that's not yeah. a franchise and, and you like some sci-fi action, it's definitely worth your time. I mean, like as far as sci-fi horror movies go, it's solid. Better or worse than Event Horizon? It's been so long since <laughs> I've seen Event Horizon. Um, I'd say better. I'd say, and, and you know, and, and then alternatively, um, Sunshine. Well, bitter or worse than Sunshine? I'll have to get back to you on that one. I so, don't know. So here's the thing for me, is I think Sunshine does a bit of job of sitting up the science of what they're doing, but flubs the third act. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this yeah, yeah. does a worse job of sitting up the science, but does a bit of third act. Sure. All you right, know, like, so I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, bitter or worse than Aliens? Alien. I mean, Worse. But just because it's alien is a classic and I, I don't, it's so hard when you'd be like, Hey, what is it better or worse than the best thing that's ever done this? And it's like, ah. I think it's actually more ambitious than alien. It's way more ambitious than alien. And it doesn't, it, it, you know, you get a budget for something like this. You can imagine, you know, bigger budgets mean bigger problems and sort of people try to throw money at the problem rather than fix it on a script level. Yeah. Uh, you know, who knows if alien had a shit ton of money, if it would have been we're, as good. We're seeing, we're seeing that, that equation play out right now with Prometheus and alien covenant. Uh, I'm not excited for covenant at all. I haven't watched the trailer. So Don't I because it, it literally broke. There's shots in it that I was like, fuck this movie. Okay. I, and I, everyone's I, so excited and it makes me feel bad. I'm going to go see it because I just rewatched the entire trilogy. I'm going to go see it because we're going to do it on the show. Okay. Um, so yes, if you're uh, actually, if you're interested or if you want to shout us to where you think this film lands in the space horror. Yeah. Genre, give us some rankings. Uh, give us some, give us your rankings. School us on how coolant works. Yes. On a uh, lot on, of requests and tell me some cheap thrills I can do for under a dollar. Yeah. Like 25 cent uh, cheap thrills. Only movie podcast at gmail.com. Tell us all these things. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at only movie pod. Uh, please write us in uh, your reviews of the show. We really appreciate those. Yeah. I like that iTunes. last review, which was, uh, uh, I came here for the crawl, but I stayed for the movie. <laughs> yes, yes, I appreciate that. <laughs> Did you know that person? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay. Uh, but it, either way, it works for me. All right, man. It's in song time. Uh, well, where can people find you before you're starting oh, to be a course. DJ? Oh, of course. I'm sorry about that. Uh, you can hit me up uh, for my Spotify playlist at <laughs> www.shahirdaud.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com where I will serenade you with my favorite 90s hits. Ooh, good. Uh, and you can find me at MatthewKroll.com. That's M-A-T-T-A-G-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z, or Emperor M-S-K on Twitter. Shahir, when no, I- have never asked you? What? What does M-S-K stand for? Oh, Emperor. Emperor Matthew S. Kroll. I got the nickname oh. in high school of Emperor. Um... Because you know about my Power Rangers history. Why are you the emperor? People, so, okay, this is a lot. No, I, maybe. Uh, when I was really young uh, on the playground, I used to be the one, the person that, like, 
controlled all of the games. Like, the you know, the imaginary games when really? you play on, I was like the puppeteer. <laughs> Why is this not surprising? No, not at all. Uh, and so uh, there was one time when we, actually, I think it was Star Wars because I the, I was, I didn't want to be Darth Vader. I wanted to be the emperor because I, I was controlling the entire thing. So I was the emperor. And then that just sort of bled through high school where people just would call me emp or emperor in a weird sort of way. Just, I don't know. That's okay. how it happens. I'll, I'll give you the backstory of my nickname, which we haven't heard. What's uh, your later. nickname? Uh, I was through high school. I was called Shark. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'll, I will, we'll, you can write us in to find out why. You're not going to tell us? Uh, I'm not going to tell you now. That's a long story. Okay. Well, maybe next time, Shark. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Welcome back to here. <laughs>